This is your announcer, Shannon Saint Mainframe, welcoming you to our IPA livecast. The decaying corpses of Mitch McConnell and Diane Feinstein made headlines this week and it got me thinking. Hey, Sid, Rob and 3D, when are you olds? Finally gonna step aside and let your girl Shannon take the spotlight? I could be the voice of a new generation. Are IP a live host, or three, am I right? Our IP live cast starts now. Well, I can address this. Can I just address this very quickly? I'd just like to say, we're all in our 40s, except Rob, for in about a couple of months we'll get there. And we are all perfectly... <laughs> Darren? 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 Just say I. Just say I. Just say I. Uh, I. I. <laughs> Welcome to RIP Livecast. We still have our mental capabilities for now. Maybe we'll lose them. It's Rob here with Sid, 3D, and our special guest for the afternoon, Axel Rosenberg, uh, is here with us. Welcome to the show. Thanks Axel. for having me back. Twice in one uh, summer. Holy shit. You guys yeah. must be desperate. <laughs> well, yes, but we like we like you a lot. Oh, too. Thank you. We're desperate for your input. Oh boy! And uh, <laughs> uh, it's been an interesting week in the greater world. Uh, Axel and I a few days ago went to see Oppenheimer in the theater, how it was meant to be seen on the uh, official IMAX, so the only IMAX screen in New York City, the only real. There's some that masquerading mean? as I like the Sheep's Head Bay Theater uh, as an IMAX. Real. It's like we call a very Limax. Yeah. <laughs> slightly larger than normal screen. Yeah. Uh, the aspect ratio on those is one nine. Sorry to get nerdy right off the bat. <laughs> get in it. Yeah. Get into it. Those are a one nine aspect ratio, and the real IMAX where Rob and I saw it, I think, is one four three. So it's uh, more of a square. It is pretty wild to see the the full picture, and it's a, it's like a film, a giant film, but it's a square. Yeah. Uh, I I I'm always, it always feels worth it just for that. Yeah. Just because it's a square. Well, because it's such a unique way to to take in a movie. Uh, I, I I mean, you know, seeing yeah. you see when you see a film, you just see like more of a rectangle. Or I'm just used to seeing more of a rectangle in the theater. Just a room full of squares watching squares. Yeah, exactly. But this one, it was the full, the full thing, so it was very nice. I just also, maybe it's just because I've gotten bigger, but it feels like with multiplexes, the screens have gotten smaller. And so just to see that big of a screen is very, uh, uh, it's great. I don't know. I just find it very engaging. I, I've said it before. It's too. It's. I always feel like I'm missing something. Like I can't fully process everything going on in IMAX, and I'm because it's just too big. So did my you brain see, isn't? How did you see it? Seventy millimeter. How was that? Great. Okay. I mean, I have nothing else to compare it to. It's the sure, only sure, way sure. I thought, but I was blown away. Okay. I feel like it was close enough to what. The Honorable Christopher Nolan intended. That he I don't said that was his second. They asked him, like, what would you tell people who can't get to or one of the real IMAXs? Because there's only 30 of them in the world, I think. Really? That Wow. And like 19 in North America. So uh, he said 70 millimeter is good. Okay. Yeah. 
Then I don't feel so bad. Great. And Darren, you have not yet seen the film. Nope. Are you but you're planning to. Yes. This week, for sure. Oh, okay, great. It's very busy. We'll just talk in code. <laughs> I mean, it's based on a true story, so there's not a That's ton true. we can actually spoil. It's just more about... So you're saying they didn't do a Tarantino and like have the actual world blow up or anything like that? <laughs> Not quite, no. Oppenheimer kills Hitler. Yeah, himself. he's in the bunker with him and chokes him out. <laughs> Rear naked choke. And then Batman shows up to help. I, listen, I'd watch that too, in addition to the actual Oppenheimer. They're about to drop the bomb and Oppenheimer talks them down. Yeah, and the movie ends with everybody holding hands and singing. Or oh, Vin Diesel and The Rock show up and stop the world and The Rock show up. <laughs> I was gonna say like they they do the bomb test and it's Heath Ledger. Oh. <laughs> uh, Rob and I were actually joking at the very end. Uh, there is this moment where they name drop a famous politician who was not famous at the time. Mm-hmm. And we were like, it's like they're setting up the fucking Avengers. <laughs> that, <laughs> it, that was weird. That, <laughs> it was yeah. so funny. It's like, what? okay. Yeah. Gonna, What's uh, that? Coming soon. Hobbs and Shaw and Oppenheimer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's basically. Rob, I can't hear you at all. You're muted, Rob. Wow, he muted himself. That's right. No, I don't think it's that big. It was JFK who was the the young yeah. senator at the time. It's not that big of a spoiler, but it was yeah. just the way they said it. It was to get like a pop, like, yeah. oh, it's somebody uh, like uh, the, Peter the Parker. The senator from Massachusetts, uh, <laughs> yeah. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. And he's like, <laughs> he's yeah. coming! He popped. <laughs> there was a big after credit scene where JFK meets with Oppenheimer and is like, <laughs> I'm building a team. <laughs> Says, will you get out of here? I'll blow your head off. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, Oppenheimer, very, very good. Highly recommend. Kennedy says, who let a Jew on the property? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's the realism. That's the Nolan realism. <laughs> uh, I, I highly recommend seeing it in the theater. I'm uh, Like Matt, you were saying uh, about how it feels like the screens are getting smaller. I've had that, that experience, too, where I've gone to theaters. It, it's been a while, but where I felt like my television is almost as big as the screen. And I'm not going to pay $20, $25 for that. I want an elevated experience. And I don't just mean being high, because I can, again, do that at home. Sure. Uh, so uh, Sit I on my phone book. And also, <laughs> and also, just because of how advanced home theater systems are now, like, I just feel no need to go to the theater unless it's a big spectacle event like Oppenheimer. The last movie I've seen in the theater was Avatar because I don't think I could recreate that experience in my home theater, being able to pause whenever I want and take a piss and eat whatever I want and not have to spend $50 on it. Well, or if I do spend $50, it's because I choose to. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just Oppenheimer. It's not even that much of a spectacle. It's just fucking amazing. Like, it's really just dudes in rooms talking for most. Yeah, for of the, the most time. part. Yeah, but I mean the the spectacle is you know uh, all the, I think the the sound is a big. Oh, the sound design is, you can't. I even if you have an amazing sound system at home, I have a hard time imagining you're going to be able to recreate that experience. Yeah, and that's the other. That's one thing that I will give the Limax credit for. Those sound systems still sound 
significantly more dense than just a traditional theater sound system so it is worth it for the sound if you're if you don't have a real imax theater dolby cinema is also good for sound if you happen to live near one of those sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you that's okay i was gonna say it's amazing that i I read that he set off an actual nuclear warhead uh for this film which is a i don't know how they did it without killing anybody but that was amazing is that well, true? Well, he, he heard a tweet. If he did <laughs> yeah. it, is that Tom Cruise was going to do it for the next Mission Impossible movie. So. No, it's not true, but they did supposedly use practical effects to make yes. an explosion and not CGI is what I read. Oh, I see. Yeah. That was the, the, the wildest scene in the movie, the, you know, the bomb testing. And again, you know what's going to happen, but even the the way uh, this again plays into the sound design, the sound design did such a good job of playing with my emotions and setting up my emotions for where they wanted to take me that I was just enthralled. (laughs) I've never left a movie more (laughs) depressed and thankful for experiencing. (laughs) I was like, wow, that is the saddest ending. That was amazing. (laughs) Not even Requiem for a Dream? Oh, my God. Well, you didn't see that in the theater, I'm guessing. Requiem for a Dream isn't about the end of the whole fucking world. It's just this one sad family. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's it's Requiem for a Dream for 8 billion people. Requiem for everyone's dream. dream. (laughs) (laughs) This really, like, they, they do put it as, like, the mark in the sand of, like, the turning of the end of the world. And you really... They, they they drive the point home very clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think though, even this, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not judging it. I do think it was a little bit in bad taste to put uh, uh, Machine Gun Kelly on the soundtrack. <laughs> you were okay with him being in the cast? Well, yeah, were, yeah. But the thing is, it's it's, it's a very a executive act. thing. They want a single to go to radio to help promote the movie, <laughs> yeah. so they compromise with Christopher Nolan for an end credits thing of him going like, yo j robert oppenheimer mgk the I argument just, uh, was that like celine dion did my heart will go on for titanic and that was only a few thousand people dying this <laughs> <laughs> seems very unnolan like to me uh he was very good as president harry truman <laughs> Uh, also, I felt like, you know, Albert Einstein is kind of treated like Superman in the movie. <laughs> like, I, like when you first see him in the movie, I turn to bad like, oh, my God, it's it's, it's the <laughs> big familiar superhero. But I think you're the only one who had that reaction. When Maybe. you first meet him, he's oh. like standing by a pond feeding ducks. It's not yeah. exactly. But it's like you know who it is. You know, they don't That's even true. have to set up. The movie doesn't tell you who Albert Einstein is. You have to come in with the knowledge of knowing who he is. I guess it does set up the uh, Oppenheimer does kind of give him a little uh, it tells in. you like that he created quantum physics essentially. Yeah. so if I you had no true. idea who he was you'd get the gist of it yeah yeah but uh, yeah but yeah everybody knows that. einstein because he's on all the stupid posters <laughs> uh and you also saw you you are the, the resident film buff you you uh, of my friends i don't know anyone that's more into film than you uh also no one i know went to school for it fancy i mean darren, oh, yeah, darren is currently, darren is cu- currently going I'm, I'm sitting here but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> no one i know <laughs> sorry but you you haven't completed it right 
Uh, but what I was going to say, Rob is, wants so, to see that diploma. Yeah, let's see it there. Let, oh, are you really going to school though? I I'm mean, thirty I credits say, away, but you I know that's like absolutely zero. That's all right. That's cool. That's like a he year. probably remembers more than I did because I went but twenty I, years ago. Well, you what uh, the point I was going to is you go to more movies in theaters than anybody I know. That's, that's uh, fair. I am keeping uh, the movie business alive. <laughs> Me and Tom Cruise. <laughs> and so, so what is your review of the the summer blockbusters? Like you saw Barbie, you saw Mission Impossible. Um, like Barbie is great. Mission Impossible is really fun, but not as fun as the last one. Oh, um, I really like the last one. Yeah, the last one was the peak. I think so. Yeah, that stunt that he did was what made me go like, okay, I need to go back and watch uh, cause I never watched the movies. I was like, okay, yeah. I have to go back and watch all of them just to get to this yeah. one stunt. <laughs> um, I mean, this, you know what the stunt in this one is, right? Like it's pretty he, fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I, they gave it away in the, in the trailer. Yeah. Right? He, he rides a motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, off a he cliff. drove a motorcycle off a cliff and then he just like flies through the air and then eventually a parachute opens. And, and he actually uh, did that. Yeah. And Tom Cruise has died, by the way. And Tom so, Cruise has died. <laughs> and he's like in his sixties, right? He's not a young man. He's sixty-one. Yeah, it's fucking Jesus nuts. <laughs> Zeno don't fuck around. Yeah, like, no, seriously. It's like uh, how Zeno are we and... not all Scientologists? Right. Well, <laughs> it's not just Zeno. Let's be honest. It's testosterone replacement therapy. Whatever <laughs> adrenochrome. <laughs> it's just yeah. all these men in their late fifties are on really controlled. Uh, forms of steroids but I that's what Zenu does for you he does the therapy for you that's why they can all ride off cliffs do you think tom cruise has met that billionaire dude who takes his son's blood that we talked about like a couple <laughs> oh, months ago i remember that uh are they friends do they hang him. out he's the one who introduced him to the process <laughs> yeah. it is him he takes off the mission impossible <laughs> Uh, the other thing that really interested me about the movie was how it became this viral moment. Like, Matt, you were telling me that Warner Brothers booked Barbie in the same weekend as Oppenheimer. It's kind of a fuck you to Nolan because Nolan left Warner Brothers. All of I believe most of everything Nolan. since 2002. So everything but his first two movies he made for Warner Brothers. Right. So that was his studio. And then uh, the pandemic happened. As Tenant was about to be released, and he did not like how Warner chose to release it. He did not like how they decided to just immediately uh, release all of their theatrical releases on HBO Max. And and so he he how did he get out of his contract? Was it the end of the contract? Yeah, or? Uh, I don't think it was that kind of contract. I see. So he just decided to leave the studio. He released this through Universal, and Warner was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> We're going to put our big summer release right up against you. And it sort of backfired on Universal because it created this. You mean viral, on Warner's. Uh, on Warner. I'm sorry. Because it created this big viral moment where like the hype for Barbie intersected with the hype for Oppenheimer. And it became this whole new beast of like yin and yang of happy and sad. And There's it was actually, it was such fun. distinctive like polar opposites. And they're both from like these incredible directors <laughs> and people just like latched onto that idea. It seems like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but Barbie is also really good. I recommend seeing Barbie too. Barbie. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. If you're Rob Uh-oh. has Bonnie and you only go to a theater once a year, go to Oppenheimer. <laughs> like that's something that benefits from the big screen. Um, but Barbie is also really, really good. 
Yeah, Barbie's a fun time. I haven't, like, of my friends who've seen it, nobody has been like, oh, don't waste your money. Everyone's yeah, yeah, yeah. given it a great review. So if you if you just like a good time in the theater and you don't want to leave the theater incredibly depressed. <laughs> and you want to be in the theater for one less hour. Yes. That too. The Oppenheimer was long. Yeah. I want to say I'm I'm absolutely gobsmacked that Sid did not call out Rob say, calling the movie Tenant, uh, which is apparently... <laughs> Uh, I heard that, but I wasn't sure I totally if that was my it. mind playing tricks or what. Christopher Nolan's housing court drama. And was it about a, a rent control building? <laughs> about going through time to to sign the lease that when been the better. rent control was still in? That would have been better. I take that over what that movie actually The rent was. control has expired. We cannot afford this place anymore. We must go back in time. It would like they go back in machine. time to see the people who used to live in the apartment. Yeah. And that's, to marry them to get into the into the into the clause of the rent control. That's how it is. The housing court is spinning in a circle. There's no gravity in this room. And Michael Caine's in it, but he's playing an American guy for some reason. <laughs> he's the landlord. He's yeah, the okay, that landlord. works. That works. I want my money. <laughs> that was more Sean Connery, I would say. Okay, fair. Fair. He's not in this one. Yeah. And neither is Christian Bale, but basically everybody else in the Christopher well, Christian Nolan Bale has No, Hardy. Tom Hardy isn't in it either, right? That's yeah. true. Christian no, Bale hasn't been in one since Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Uh, at the end of his scene in Tenet, or Tenant, uh, they say his Michael Caine's character's name is literally Sir Michael, and the protagonist of the movie says, goodbye, Sir Michael. So I feel uh, like that was actually Nolan saying, like, okay, we're done with this. You're too old. This guy's 93. He can't yeah. stand up. Like, we're not doing this anymore. I can't find any ways to shoehorn this old corpse into one of my movies anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, he probably only did a movie about Oppenheimer just so he can get a 93-year-old into the movie. It's the only reason he picked this topic. <laughs> there is a 93-year-old in the movie. He just chose a different 93-year-old. Yeah. yeah. The guy who plays Einstein, Tom Conti, is not oh. a young man. Oh, really? Colin in the chat says, if you've heard from the right wing, they complain and moan about Barbie. I saw a little oh. bit of Ben Shapiro's review. Oh, my God. Well, no, I, I saw um, both right and uh, like online left complaining about it, too, that it's like not it's not feminist enough. Like both both uh, pretty shallow critiques, I would say. It's not feminist enough. So the, 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 what? Right, the right wing complaint is 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 it's too feminist, it's right? That too it's woke. like right, right. it's insulting yeah. men. It's in too... the sense it's not feminist in the. I, I, this is not my point of view on. I'm just repeating what I've seen is that it's not. It's anti-feminist to say that uh, a woman can have a feminine uh, exterior and uh, care about her looks, and uh, that that's not. Uh, that you must value other things above that. Maybe I'm paraphrasing this incorrectly. That 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 can't be a, a defining characteristic of a woman. So women can't care about their looks. That's, uh, that's the argument. No, 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 not that women can't care about their looks, but that yeah. they shouldn't prioritize that. But she doesn't. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The, the, right? No, I'm saying. Right. Go yeah. ahead, please. I'm sorry. You no, saw. No, by the end of the I movie, she doesn't prioritize her looks anymore. Right. I think the point was that they, they sh a feminist perspective would be that women should be able to prioritize their looks and this should not be a bad considered a bad thing and that the moral of the movie is saying something oh. negative. 
Okay. I, like I said, I didn't yeah. think it was a. It good, seems good like you're fucked either way. Like, yeah. like yeah. you're going to offend one half of feminists if right. you say women can care about their looks, and you're going to offend the other half if you say women can't care about their looks. Like, agreed. I don't know what you do. What, yeah. what, did, what was Ben Shapiro's actual uh, criticism? Uh, the only part I saw literally was he took a Barbie doll and like set it on fire and threw it in the garbage. <laughs> oh <laughs> well. At least that's visually yeah. interesting. Yeah, he's like, look what Kid Rock did by just shooting some Bud yeah. Lights. Surely I can have the same effect. Mm. He's trying to go well, viral. What Exactly. Little what guy. Ben Shapiro did is he yeah. realized this is the most trending topic in America right uh -huh. now. Let me make it about myself to make some money. Good for you, little buddy. But you know, Matt <laughs> Gates went to the premiere oh, with yeah. his wife, and his wife afterwards complained that Ken had, quote-unquote, low T level. Oh. Well... Low T. Well, I yeah. haven't seen the movie, but the, the, from what I've heard is yeah. they mock how traditional Hollywood movies would write a feminine sidekick and they make Ken like the, the girlfriend. Like Ken doesn't pass the Bechdel test, but in reverse. They do kind of. But then, you know, the premise is that they leave Barbie land and come to the real world. Mm hmm. And uh, without giving too much away, Ken discovers the patriarchy and is very pleased about it and <laughs> brings it back to Barbie land. I oh, see. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So that's kind of Ken's journey in the movie. So he's the villain. Somebody made the argument recently that I thought was pretty convincing that like the movie's actually about January 6th. What? <laughs> because Ken is like trying to stage a coup of Barbie land. <laughs> oh. Okay. oh my God. Now I really want to see this. <laughs> now I want to see it less. It seems like a blank canvas for everybody's personal yeah. pet. Yeah, that's uh, probably politics. Yeah, that's fair. And I was very impressed with the uh, marketing team, what they did. I think they did uh, a good job of being incredibly immersive without being overbearing and annoying. Like everything was all of their product integrations, I felt were pretty tasteful. Like they had the Barbie car in like the Forza video game in like the speed racing game, but you could pick the Barbie car like stuff like that. I thought was really cool. Is there a lot of overlap in that audience? I think it's just to get the, the, the name out there. And then like, it's something that those guys could talk to their girlfriends about. I'm sure. Also though, they built an those actual, guys. all definitely have girlfriends. Uh, I'm sure. So some of them uh, or sisters, sisters. All right. Sure. Uh, they built an actual Malibu dream house in Malibu that you could rent on Airbnb for like an hourly rate, which I thought was really oh. clever. Yeah, get in and out just, with just your kids. Fucking leave. Did you see that Mattel? Mattel is now like they, there's going to be a Mattel cinematic universe with like different properties? They're doing a Polly Pocket movie, you're which telling I thought me, was an Onion article, but it's I guess true. Me a corporation got success with one of their. Yeah. Uh, with one of their things, and now is trying to reapply that success to every yeah. other thing in its corporation. I I'm am stunned. Let me read the list here: Hot Wheels, uh, Hot American Wheels, I Girl. I don't know what that Did is. It Does it it's say there who's doing it? Because some of these things have like people. Yeah, Hot Wheels is like Daniel. Uh, Hot Wheels is J.J. Abrams. Oh, okay. Barney oh, uh, is Daniel fucking Kaluuya. That was it. I <laughs> could, I was like, what? How did he get involved in this? Polly Pocket is Lena Dunham. Is How about Viewmaster? Yeah. How are you going to make a movie out of Viewmaster? That's that thing that you put to your eyes, right? You could, they could make it so you could watch a movie through that, maybe. I don't know yes. how you make a movie. It's about, a horror but... movie. It's yeah. about modern kids who go back to the 80s, and that's the most entertaining toy of the <laughs> <laughs> And it was. 
Magic Eight Ball is one. Magic Eight Ball and Uno. There's gonna be an Uno. Uno, what? Somebody big is involved with Uno too. I feel like. Yeah, how can there be an Uno movie? Is it that like somebody gets a magical deck of Uno cards and they can just wild draw four people and or reverse them and make them walk backwards? Or like, what is the Uno movie about? It it reminds me of uh, the other two. Like, oh my God, Mattel just announced the first non-binary Uno card. It did. What was that? Is that an Onion article? What is that? Oh, the show. The other two. It's on. Max. Oh, I didn't see that. So, so there, the, the it's about the two older siblings of like a Justin Bieber archetype, and how they're jealous of his success and they want their own success in show business. I know vaguely what it's about. Yeah. So, uh, uh, the gay older brother, he's kind of his career is blossoming, and then he he gets a, a call from Disney, and Disney was like. Oh, you're gonna play our first non-binary character, and it's like a glob of water or something. And, yeah, and he was just like, I didn't know water had gender, or like, oh well, this one doesn't because it's revolutionary. And like, it sounds so stupid, but then he he the joke is he buys his own hype. He believes the own hype because he just wants to go on a press tour and be interviewed and everything. So he starts regurgitating their line about how important this is and and the gay media will eat it all up because they need content and then finally the movie comes out and all like it's all 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 his gay friends in the movie theater and like that was it (laughs) you're just like a little glob of water (laughs) like what makes him not like does he have non he doesn't even have like sex with anybody or like a boyfriend it's just like what identifies him as non-binary there's nothing right so that's the goof that's par for the that would be par for the course for disney (laughs) <laughs> to make a big deal out of like the first gay character in Star Wars. Well, it actually did two happen. Like, hug in the background or something. Wasn't there a movie that like they they had a Pixar movie that bombed yeah, just recently, uh, and it uh, had something like that. Lightyear, two women kiss like the way that husbands and what you know. Just no, a no, quick no. Lightyear, no, that was like a year ago. This past summer, there was oh some... Elemental. Yes, but that wasn't a non-binary glob of water. I'm making fun of Disney for making a big deal out of these things. So, okay, Elemental feel fe- features Pixar's first non-binary character, oh, a I lake, a lake who wears <laughs> earrings. It's literally what? what? Okay, I didn't see the movie. No. So, uh, where do the earrings uh, go in the lake? Uh, the the movie takes place in a world where the four elements are embodied as living beings. Borrowed, borrowed from the tradition of Inside Out and Zootopia in creating anthropomorphized characters to tell a story that's obliquely about social issues. While the main plot centers on girl meets boy star cross connection between the fiery Ember Lumen and the watery Wade Ripple, uh, Wade's younger sibling is a f- fellow water element named Lake Ripple, a side character among the extended Ripple family. <laughs> Oh, for fuck's Lake sake. Lake uses they, them pronouns and is often accompanied by a partner they met in art school. Now, we have non-binary people in our audience. I would like to throw this question out to them. Is your life affected by whether a lake is non-binary in a movie? Does this matter to you? Maybe it does. I'm not scoffing at you. Would you be you. more likely to swim in a lake if it was non-binary? And what do you do when like the earring goes in your trunks or something? Because oh, there's no the way earring an earring is a sexual predator. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, how can an earring stay anchored to a lake? Is my point. If it, how can a lake wear earrings? Maybe there's is... like a marina. So there's like a dock. You can <laughs> wait. Dock marina's in this movie. <laughs> 
Here's the they, this article actually has the clip for the other two. Hopefully, we won't get blocked for this. Globby. That's right. Oh, Globby okay. will be the haunted buddy's first ever openly queer character. Sorry, so this this goo is homosexual. The goo is homosexual. Is that incredible. Yes. No. Very cool. Um, and how exactly is he gay? Because he he sort of just looks like. Uh, Sexless green snot. Great question. Because we've also gotten some flack for saying a character is gay and then not really showing it. Which is why in Haunted Buddies 4, we're including a groundbreaking scene where Vampira opens the door to Globby's bedroom and we see Globby in bed with another glob. Which is huge. I mean, for Disney to include a scene as unapologetically gay as this. Right. I mean, two globs in bed, it doesn't get more gayer than that. Three Rob. Well, two Robs in bed wouldn't be would be the gayest thing. I think. Are you calling Rob a glob? I mean, I'm not not calling Rob a glob. Snowberry Salad says, as a former non-binary person, I've never cared about a non-binary. Like, <laughs> so there thank we have you, it. thank you for answering the clarion call for that. <laughs> I uh, wouldn't expect it, but maybe there is someone that this is reaching. So I don't want to be dismissive. I, the way I look at it is like maybe it'll help their parents kind of understand. But I never uh, like the whole Disney uh, pushing in a, a gay character into their movies always didn't feel authentic to me. It always felt like a calculated move that they were doing. Well, it's a thing we always talk about when Pride Month comes, which is mm -hmm. that it's a, it's a good idea on paper, but it's a corporation doing it. So it's always, always fumbled and done cynically. Speaking of done cynically, uh, Dave Mustaine says he's no. friends with Metallica again. Great. Who gives a shit? Uh, the end. That's, uh, the, that's as far as the article goes, right? Why, do I, why does anybody give a fuck if they're friends or not? Uh, that's a good question. Why Is does he coming back care? to the band? No? Then who gives a shit? <laughs> I mean, that's his hope. That's why. That's I mean, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Well, it's a good way for him to keep his name in the headlines, I guess. Yeah, know? but uh, like when you're listening to Megadeth, are you like, yeah, and he's friends with Hetfield. Like, no, you're not thinking about that. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I think the reason this narrative is happening right now is because about a year or two ago, there was that issue where he fell out of love with them when Lars wanted songwriting credits on the No Life to Leather demo. And Dave Mustaine refused because Lars had nothing to do with the writing of those songs. So he thought it would be a lie. So on principle, he refused. And because of his refusal to allow Lars uh, writing credits. They we all remember who he is. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they haven't released the demo. Great. Uh, so they haven't been. Oh, and it is funny because you're right, uh, uh, Axel, Matt. You Axel. call me Matt. It's really uh, funny. That the only person talking about this is David Say. Never are these interviews like Lars Ulrich comments on his friendship with, <laughs> yeah, no. with uh, uh, Dave Mustaine or what James friendship? Edfield. Yeah, that's yeah. the quote. It's just an ex who won't fucking get over it. It's been 40 years, and like you ask the other ex like about it, and they're like, dude, I've been happily married, I don't think about this motherfucker. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I've moved on, I'm my life is great. Yeah, like, let it go, Dave. And the thing is, Dave's life is pretty great too, and he's still like, let it go. I uh, mean, it's very weird. 
but so but the the reason I bring this up is because this is the funniest, most backhanded way Mustaine is saying that he's friends with him again. Uh, so original bassist Ron McGovney, original Metallica bassist Ron McGovney, recently offered praise to former bandmate while tweeting about the legendary metal axe demo No Life to Leather. Uh, Ron McGovney said, Dave Mustaine just kills it on this tape. He leaves the rest of us in the dust. Although both McGovney and Mustaine never played on a proper Metallica album, the latter's name did appear in the writing credits for several tracks on the first two records. During a recent chat with Megadeth frontman Dave Mustaine, uh, Mustaine returned kind words to McGovney. Darren, well, I've that? always loved Ron. Of course, because you're the two jerk-offs that got kicked out of Metallica. Yeah, he never fucked you over, so why wouldn't yeah. you love him? And I was pretty vocal about how I felt when we would come home from the Bay Area. James and Lars would always pick on Ron. And it made me resent James and Lars. They're drinking vodka from a jug with a handle on it. <laughs> spitting food into each other's mouth in the back of a truck. What? And I'm watching this. They take one of Ron's shoes and throw it out the back of the truck. And they're expensive high tops. And even if they weren't, that's fucked up. So I've always liked Ron. And I hated the fact that he got in between trying to protect James when I popped him in the mouth. But we stayed friends ever since. Well, that's a first. That's the first person you've been (laughs) friends with for 40 years continuously. And it's because they never talk ever. Come on. Let's be real. Ron knows his place. I'm sure when Ron actually Ron is the is the Dave Mustaine to Dave Mustaine how Dave Mustaine is to Metallica. Like he's probably knocking on Dave's and he's like, get out of here, I'm busy. <laughs> hey, I heard uh, your bassist got uh, thrown out because of Fuck some off! sexual thing. Maybe you do it. I'm mega death. Uh okay, so there there's a little more to the quote. Uh uh, yeah, so sk- the next quote paragraph, it's like the paragraph yeah. after. It, it took a it while. It took a while for James and Lars and I to kind of come around and become friends again. But I would say we're probably better off now than we've been for a long time. And it comes and goes. I think the emotions between all of us, it's probably understandable for a lot of people who break up with someone. <laughs> It's like a marriage. No, to you, it's like a marriage. Yeah. To you, not to them. And you part ways, and sometimes you try and justify in your head the decision that you make. And sometimes the facts are all you need. And other times you feel compelled to kind of tell the story you don't really need to. Oh, like right now? Yeah. And then <laughs> there are people who tell the story and add little salacious facts. Like a tape recorder that has a feature to add stuff that never happened. What? What? Like the Mustaine da- tape recorder is what you're saying. Okay. Uh, so I just look at that whole period with Metallica as something that was really great for me. Oh, oh really? Like and I wish them the best. Uh, and then read the next paragraph. This is him uh, wishing them the best. Okay. Mustaine also commented on the criticism Hammett received over the solo on Metallica's recent single, Lux Eterna, saying, oh, no. 
I heard that people are taking the piss out of Kirk, but Kirk's a really good guitar player, and I think people forget real quickly he was winning every single guitar contest there was for 30 or 40 years. I've not heard their new album, but I'm sure it's great. (laughs) People tell me it's not bad. When I saw that line, when I read that line, <laughs> I haven't heard the album, but I'm sure it's great. I literally went, ah! Tackle. <laughs> yeah. ah! What guitar contests? Was are, this guitar, Smith? are there guitar contests I'm not aware of? Was it the wah-off? I think what, yeah. what he means this is, is like he would win. He would constantly come on top of those like greatest guitar, modern guitarist lists on like Guitar World. Would he? I I don't know. I, I I don't know what he meant. And also, uh, didn't Mrs. Smith beat Kirk Hammett in that wah off anyway? I think uh, so. And beyond that, also, it's like it's funny because he's kind of the backhanded way. He's like, look, I don't think it's right that everyone's saying Kurt is a piece of shit. I think he's a great person. He's not I, a piece of shit. If you think he's a piece of shit, you're wrong. I can't believe people are saying that Kirk's a dirty piece of shit. He's not dirty at all. <laughs> He's very clean. Uh, bless his heart. Thank he you, Dave. himself like a cat. Thank you, Dave, for refusing to go to therapy and giving us endless years of entertainment with these quotes. Well, he goes I to can't wait till they make a Metallica movie and Dave is played by Benny Softy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's the the next uh, uh, thing Michael Caine's going to do now that he's not involved with uh, Nolan anymore. Yeah, he's going to play James Hetfield. Yeah, so it, somebody in that universe. Sure. <laughs> they could play the therapist. The big four <laughs> cinematic universe. Oh my God. Hello, I'm Ron McGuffney. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds right. <laughs> Hello, Govney. <laughs> now, you know who he should play is Cliff. Because yeah. then they can write him out pretty quickly. Yeah. Let's say he's already half under the bus anyway. Exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Metallica Cinematic Universe ends with, there's a young band outside. They want to talk to you. They're called Pantera. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end credits. And then Pantera will return <laughs> in 2024. Here's a bleeding bus on me shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> can he Nobody also could. play Dimebag then? He'll just play every one of them that died early. Everyone that's about to die in the script. They <laughs> just wheel out Michael Kane <laughs> on a gurney. Rami Malik will be the guy who killed Dimebag. Oh, oh. yeah. Let's see that. <laughs> I would see a movie starring Michael Kane has a lot of famous dead metal musicians at least ten times in theaters. <laughs> I would give them so much money. <laughs> in IMAX. In IMAX. <laughs> also, just for Michael Caine to have to go and research these bands, because you know he's a he's an actor, he wouldn't just he would he would come prepared. Sure. Well, I think he is a really big Anthrax fan. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants Anthrax for the sweet release of Death. He wants real <laughs> Anthrax. <laughs> This is definitely going to be a thing where, like, in two hours, we're going to see the news that Michael Caine died and we're going to feel guilty. Right. Oh, well. I'm not going to feel guilty. He lived a long life. He's 8 million years old. He he can't be in good health. Again, I think if Christopher Nolan is saying, like, we can't use this dude anymore, Christopher Nolan knows something we don't. Yeah. That's my guess. It's like in in the last two years before William Hurt died, he exclusively played dying cancer patients. Oh, my God. It's like everybody knew this was coming. 
I have some uh, news on the wire about Dave Mustaine. He's just announced. Well, let me read it in the Dave Mustaine voice. <laughs> in my new film about the Metallica days with Ron McGuffney, there will be a glob of Mustaine beer that's non-binary inserted into the script. He's going to wear an earring. Dave Mustaine but, would never let a non-binary character yeah, in one of his movies. Uh, if you give him enough money, oh, I'm sure fair. he'll he'll do the non-binary beer thing. That's fair. He would say, like, uh, I'm not against non-binary people, but I'm religious, so... (laughs) So between the lines! So if Dave thinks a trans person is a girl-guy-girl, is a non-binary person a girl-guy-girl-guy? Yeah, you know what? That's a good... Or, yeah, that's a good question. I don't have a good answer for that. Girl-guy-girl. This... This reference is because we found some old interview clip where Mustaine was talking about Nick Menza (laughs) and about how a groupie came backstage, but it wasn't a groupie. It was a can still be a groupie. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's how what's this with his perspective? perspective It was like a a girl guy girl or something. He was trying to say trans person. And sure. Sure. Came out. A girl guy girl. girl. Some girl guy girl. That should be the name of the next Megadeth album. <laughs> By the way, somebody like Dave Mustaine, who I vividly remember, among many other artists, being criticized for being too feminine in their appearance, should know better than to do that to people. He was called uh, gay and, you know, trans and not some nice terms for many years. Well, he probably that made him probably feel like he had to constantly defend his heterosexuality, which made That's him true. more toxic than he was to begin with. And he probably just still hangs on to that. And, Baby, and, you're 67 years old. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Come on, learn something. I think it also just shows the insecurity because he would, he's so uh, insecure that rather than un- understand what was happening to him and how unfair that feels, he just passes down the bullying yeah i'm not a girl guy girl (laughs) sorry uh i think he just really wants to fuck a dude probably i just don't know why he wants to fuck james mustaine uh james hetfield i mean james mustaine that's what he he writes on his notebook every night in a heart (laughs) mrs james mustaine (laughs) wistful music plays in the (laughs) background So your diary. <laughs> Today, me and Mrs. James Mustaine had a phone call about a possible collabo. <laughs> Mrs. James Mustaine. Uh, anyway. <laughs> sorry, uh, Rob. You were saying no. Uh, I wasn't saying it. Th- this is w- what we should be talking about. <laughs> this is important. Uh, I want to talk about this guy, dog guy, 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 girl, guy, girl. Uh, who? So it. Let me let me just get the the video queued up. This is a human being who spent $20,000 on an outfit to look like a dog, to look an like outfit a border collie. or surgery. 
of some kind. It's an outfit. It's okay. a costume. It's completely a costume and not ultimate person in any way. Uh, yes, and here we could watch a short clip. Hopefully, again, we will not get thrown off of YouTube over this. But this is, if anything, uh, would prove that we need to tax the rich. It's this. <laughs> this is this is a, a human being in a in a, in a costume. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like a real dog. <laughs> yeah. The dogs uh, are it, even freaking out. Yeah, the dogs can't can't under, can't process it because it looks like a dog, but it obviously doesn't have the scent of a dog. You don't know. You don't know what he was rolling around in. This is creepy also, as fuck. It's so because it's, really it's like, how is this person like just on their knees? Like, where are their knees right now? So Wait, go back. Do you see how excited those kids were about the dog? <laughs> oh, that's... Look in the background. <laughs> he doesn't like hump these kids or anything, right? No. Like, yes, he does. No. So like, for the listeners, Rob, dis describe what we're watching. Okay, we are seeing a woman petting what looks like a border collie, which is like from, a dog, Lassie. If right? you look at it from Mars with a telescope, it looks like a real dog. Yeah. <laughs> Who the is the is woman? The, the This is his girlfriend, I guess, or I don't know. This guy uh, has a girlfriend? <laughs> uh, she's very supportive, I guess. She's uh, caretaker. Yeah, so, yeah, the face of the border collie looks incredibly fake. It looks just, uh, I don't know. It doesn't, that gives it a weight for me. But the hair is pretty real. Also, what gives it away are the paws. The paws are, to me, the big giveaway. Yeah. yeah. Do you know those annoying people that say, like, I finally have children and they're, uh, I'm a dog mom? Your fur baby? You know? Your fur baby. Mm -hmm. This is this is that. The this natural the, conclusion of that the, kind of The mother of this person is allowed to say that. <laughs> and nobody else. <laughs> you know his mother died a long time ago. Oh, that's true. From well, no, this, she died the day that he came <laughs> home with this dog outfit on. <laughs> so weird. Is there more? Do we see him out of the outfit? I want to know who this person is. I don't think we see him out of it. We just see him interacting with other dogs. Do we know his name? I feel like he lacks commitment. Like, remember that lady who had surgery to look like a cat? No, like, I don't. I, I vaguely remember this. What's that story? Uh, there was a rich lady. She only died a few years ago, I think. I saw her She's in person. Like, she oh, was standing in lady. front of me at line at the Barnes and Noble, which is a data center. <laughs> and was she, did she have an issue of cat fancy? She I don't going. know what she had, but she, I just saw the back of her head and then she turned around. And when I saw her face, I literally went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> she probably gets that fucking lot, terrifying we? looking. Oh. But we're talking about. Are we talking about the one they call the cat lady? Yes. I, because I, I, I didn't think she did that intentionally to look like a cat. I thought it was like botched plastic surgery, and she happened to look like a cat. Uh, I, thought I might be a, wrong though. Yeah, I thought it was intentional, but maybe oh, okay. I'm wrong. Jesus like, Christ, she's terrifying. Jocelyn yeah, Wildenstein. <laughs> look that yeah. up, Rob. I'm sure you know how to spell it. <laughs> the Google the will help. Cat lady. <laughs> did you spell that right? <laughs> yeah, I got that one right. Uh, so this dog's name is, there's no real name. We just have Toko. That's all we got. Boo. He's, com he's committed to the bit. You're not allowed to say his real name. Toko sounds like it's short for Tom Cruise. I'm suspicious. Yeah. You can't call a dog like Bob Schlepper or anything like, you know what I mean? It's gotta, you gotta say Toko. <laughs> uh, unless you, unless anyone in their audience wants to name their their dog Bob Schlepper and then we'll promote you on the show. That's <laughs> fine. 
Rob, rename Bobka. Oh, you're already halfway there with Bob. Yeah. Just change her last name. Just from Ka to Schlepp. <laughs> I didn't realize that's what it was. I thought it was just one word. It's Bob Ka. Bob okay. Ka. Weird choice, we Rob. About? You're fucking weird. Bob Enheimer. Girl. <laughs> what is what is Bobka's last name? Pazabini? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I never thought about it. She's just Bobka. Like Madonna. Mm. <laughs> Fitting of such a star-like persona. Sweet cinnamon baby Bobka. How old is Bobka now? She is five. She's about to be six in November. Damn. I, I would have thought older. I feel like we've been talking about Bobka forever. So to be clear, you think years. she looks older. Like physically, you think she's just like downtrodden looking. <laughs> don't you put any words in my <laughs> mouth. I never People said think anything. She's a puppy. It's I agreed. Like, I don't have nothing to do with how she looks. I just thought I remember hearing about Bobka. Seems like forever. I think she's getting crow's feet, if I'm being <laughs> <laughs> That's her favorite uh, snack. To be fair, I haven't, I haven't seen a recent picture. So maybe she's a little haggard. I don't know. Rob, bring her to the camera, please. So we could do a hot or not of your uh, dog. <laughs> Stay, you're going to get us put on a list. And we could put hook her up with Toko. We've been on that list a long time. Oh, okay, good. Would Toko you let, would murder Bobka. I was going to say, would you let uh, Toko date Bobka, Rob? No. Bobka can't dog. handle Toko. I don't think, meat. but yeah, Bobka wouldn't be, Bobka would run the hell away from him. She'd be broke. That is, that is not her vibe. Oh, well. You uh, never he's know. not falling for that again. <laughs> That's how Rob got her the first. <laughs> Rob, you have a Toko outfit in the pan your camera, please. <laughs> I'm actually wearing closet. the bottom half right now. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't want to wear it for the top half for the show. Yeah, but his only his only cost two grand. Yeah, that I got good. the cheap version. I cheaped out. <laughs> you got the replica. He has the authentic. Twenty thousand dollars. Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. Did he have to like spit in a starving child's mouth too? Like that's <laughs> fucking awful. I have to say, also, I feel looking, and that is an insane amount of money. And looking at it, I still feel he got ripped off. I don't think that looks like a twenty thousand dollar dog suit. Well, yeah, they was... killed forty collies to get that fur. <laughs> okay, so that's so... labor intensive. So he's just a Buffalo Bill uh, dog yes, enthusiast. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Puffalo Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it puts the milk bone in the basket. <laughs> it puts the milk bone in the basket. <laughs> Uh, before before the show went live, we were discussing the rebrand of Twitter. Oh yeah, which it's going to take me a while to 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 fall in line for this. But uh, last weekend, Elon Musk woke up and decided that's it. I'm pulling the switch. I'm calling the company X. He uh, asked, rather than of course go the traditional corporate route of hiring a, a design agency, getting branding guidelines in place and and doing a proper rebrand launch, which would still be dumb, by the way, which would still if be it was dumb. done correctly. Absolutely. He decided to crowdfund uh, or crowdsource rather. He didn't fund anything. Crowdsource a new logo. And this guy 
was uh, this one guy submitted a snazzy looking video. Uh, and by the way, there were like hundreds of submissions of X logos. Some of them cooler than others. Some of them people clearly just went into an AI thing and it was like design the new Twitter logo, which is an X, you know. Uh, and I was just blown away at how many people were willing to do this work for free, for nothing, for exploitation. And then he found this one guy who did a snazzy video and, he was, and, and it was a very simplistic design. Uh, and he went with it. Now, here's the thing. The design that he went with is just the X from a Unicode font. It's just a font. And this font, this specific font that he used, is open source. So this X logo literally cannot be copyrighted. Beyond that, the term X in the technological space is copyrighted. By Microsoft. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and, and then I believe there's another uh, patent on X uh, from somebody, from another Malcolm? tech company. I think oh. maybe from Google or something. Uh, or Facebook owns owns a copyright on X in social media uh, uh, instances because they had some sort of app a while ago as well. So he did no research. Uh, oh. uh, like, he did not even uh, go to his legal team. And this was so janky that, like, you know, he said Sunday night, he's like, I'm doing this. And to be clear, when he first was forced to purchase Twitter, and I'm being very careful with my words, he was forced to buy it because he made a uh, claim, a public claim that he would buy it for $44 billion. And then when the Twitter board called his bluff, he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Then they sued him because, you know, he said he would do it. And the trial was not going his way, and it was about to head into discovery where, you know, a lot of his personal information would be revealed. And so he just settled and bought it, forced to buy it. So anyway, when he did, he said, I'm going to turn Twitter into my vision, which is X, the everything app. He's had this idea for this fucking brand called X since 1999. It was the name of his financial company that merged with PayPal. And... People were already using, much like with Twitter, people were already using PayPal as a verb and whatever. He wanted to call the company X. The rest of the board of directors thought he was so dumb that they pushed him out of the company over this. <laughs> and Peter Thiel replaced him as the CEO of PayPal. And now we all know what PayPal is. Anyway, he pushes this through. It's so janky. It's just he changes the main logo of X. There's still Twitter birds everywhere. And the thing is, I think that the now old Twitter logo was beautiful. It was perfect. It perfectly, you know exactly what the brand is. It explains what the website does. There was no need to change the branding. And it's so stupid because you have the X, but it still says Twitter everywhere. It still says yeah. Tweet yeah, I, I guess they're changing the, the phrase tweet to post now, which is just like you created a word or this company created a word that is now in the lexicon. That means to specifically use this one website. Why would you kill that branding? Because he's not the one who came up with it. So he wants to rebel against it and show he could come up with something just as good. I think that's right. I, think I know this thing. is this is something very trivial, but I am very bothered by this. 
as I have been by a lot of his decisions with Twitter. Uh, I, I just I don't like this X thing. I'm not going to call it X. I refuse. You know, I don't and, think anyone is except him. Yeah, it just doesn't. It's it's stupid. And so he says he eventually wants to turn this into like the everything app. Where you, what does that mean? So it's not just communicating. You're doing your banking on here. Like I would never. In a billion years, no. trust Elon Musk with no. my banking info. Like, I'm supposed to put my savings into your fucking, like, dumb thing where on a whim you decide to change the design and then I can't withdraw? Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. I hate what he's done with the verified system. He's completely ruined replies, as we've discussed. He's breaking my favorite addiction, you guys. Second. Yeah. What? What? What's? Oh, weed. Okay. <laughs> you were thinking of your numerous addictions. Which swimming. one? Do you mean? I was just like, no, I think day. I use I use Twitter more than I'm high. Really? Yeah. I don't believe you for a second. I I think it could be neck and neck. Rob looks so angry. <laughs> I think no, it's I'm not angry. I'm, I'm I'm doing calculations. I'm like that. <laughs> well, that Zach prob- Galifianakis gift with a, <laughs> a formula. Like, mm. the problem is here's the thing. So. Weed encompasses the time you spend high. Like the time you're st- sitting there hitting a bong is a few seconds. That's fair. But you're high all fucking day. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm not high so, right now. I mean, most of the day. Let's I say. am. <laughs> Just for the record. But tweeting is you do it and you're done. When you're not tweeting, you're not tweeting. When you're not, not actually not- smoking, you're still smoking. Well, but no, but. When I'm not tweeting, I'm reading tweets and I'm reading a lot. Right, of I know. Right, but I, I think Darren just means tweeting as in using the app. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. I should have said that. When you're not using Twitter or X. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Today alone, I have already used Twitter for one hour and nine minutes. Wow. <laughs> and it's only noon. And that's have only because we're any reefer yet. <laughs> I have. Yesterday, and... I was on Twitter for nearly four hours. Wow. How long three, were you high yesterday? I don't, I'm not. How sure. much of that usage is porn based? Not much. Most of it is is on my in my main account. I would say only uh, uh, ten to twenty percent of my Twitter usage is porn. When you look at Twitter porn, are you like just like in your living room hanging out, or is it mostly when you're on the toilet? On the toilet in bed. <laughs> so let me ask: if you're on the toilet taking a shit and you're looking at porn. Do you ever like flush and immediately jerk off? Never. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody do the opposite here? Do you? Did you no, say- but I think about it sometimes. Like I want like I feel like the question people- is incriminating. Like just the fact that <laughs> yeah. you asked it. Uh, yeah. Let me understand no. you correctly. I think you about said, it, but I've never you, actually done it. If I flush and then look at porn, is that what you said? No, no, no. If you're on your phone looking at porn while taking a shit, mm-hmm. have you ever finished shitting flushed? And immediately started jerking off. I think I, I'm probably not the right person to ask because I never take my phone in to take a shit. I oh. shit when it's halfway out the shoot. I don't ever sit so there quick. and shit. It's like I an never... emergency situation. Yeah, I wouldn't say emergency. I feel like night ni- sometimes yes, but I feel like most of the time I shit. I go when it's shit appropriate. Like I never sit there on the phone with uh, on the sh- shitter with my phone. Wow. Never, never, not even once. It just doesn't appeal to me to sit there and push it out. Like, I push it out when it's ready to go. You push it out. You push it out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember the last time I was on the toilet without my phone. I have done it, like, if I'm really doing something phone intensive, 
like important on my mm-hmm. phone and I have to shit, I'll go in there and continue doing it for the 45 to 90 seconds that I'm shitting. But I don't bring it in there with the object of it being I'm going to look at wow. my phone for a while until this shit comes out. That's impressive. I don't even never consider that impressive. I honestly, until uh, very recently, thought this was something everybody did. And I, I started hearing what not very recently. I say when the Internet, like when social media blew up, people started talking about more intimate things about their lives. And they would say, doesn't everyone love sitting on the shitter with their phone and looking at? The, and I was this is something I can't relate to at all. Like I know ne- I never I've never understood that. Give it more a power try. to you. I just I feel like I have so little time left on this earth. I don't want extra, <laughs> I don't want extra. Not that I'm going to die tomorrow, but I'm an older person. I mean, you, know? you might. Have you seen like what it's like out? <laughs> That's true. Well, yeah. But Go I see Oppenheimer while you can. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hurry up. Before, before the real bomb. <laughs> before dropped. the real bomb. To your point, Sid, I feel like a. Uh... <laughs> toilet is an uncomfortable place to jerk off the seat is not no i'm not saying you jerk off while still seated you turn around and jerk off into the toilet oh Oh, but don't you have shit hands uh and then you're touching yourself that you wash first do you get shit on your hands when When you you, poop no you don't get shit like literal gobs of shit but you get shit particles like that when you wipe it you know it's very flimsy paper i guess i'm not as concerned with that as just like do you you stay in the bathroom and masturbate while your shit smell is still floating around? Yeah, it's more not it's question. not appealing to me. When you wash your to hands, to your point with the shit hands, it's like I wash my hands immediately after uh, uh, cleaning my ass. So like do that, I. There's no instance where I've not done that. I agree, so, but Sid is positing a world where we are jerking off right. immediately after finishing our shit activities. I don't, I haven't even like. Finished. I allow for hand washing. I'm just I, saying you don't leave the bathroom and you yeah. do one thing and then you do the other. I haven't even like come by myself in the shower. You know, like like uh, like I'll have horny thoughts and I might get hard and like. You don't whack off in the shower little... ever? No, not me either. There's a drain right there. It's already water coming down. You I just have... think there's like a utilitarian, like quotidian th- uh, quality to these things where I don't f- associate them with busting a nut. Can you please explain quotidian to Rob? Like everyday, you know, work a day, normal things. <laughs> oh, Rob knew that. Yes, Rob. And I don't. It doesn't turn me on to do like I. I maybe I'm just too compartmentalized in my sexual activity, but I don't. But like, you said in general you're not a big masturbation fan, too. So n- no, a- that's not true. I'm a big fan of it when I do it. I just think I parcel it <laughs> well, out you said more you don't than do the it average that often, person. So how could you be yes. such a big fan of something you don't do? I mean, can I be a big fan of something I do sparingly? Then it's more of a, it's more appealing. It's not more quite, exciting. Not as much of a hobby, I would say. Maybe I'm be, not. Maybe you need to take a bit of more interest in this masturbation. Thing. You're a masturbation casual, Darren. A, you don't know. I'm I'm a, that's right. I'm gatekeeping masturbation. <laughs> Quality over volume. No, I agree with you. Uh, I wouldn't. I just thought. Uh, uh, let's but, say. Let's say for some reason I tried out the shitting with my phone for half an hour thing. I would absolutely not uh, masturbate right after that. I need to re. I think I would need to re get in the mood. Uh, it would take me out of it. I wouldn't be looking at porn in the first place. I think. Yeah, I don't look at porn in the bathroom to begin with. I do take my phone in. 
No so judgment. Some I, porn addicts you are. <laughs> I realize I'm in the minority on the not taking the phone in thing. So I anyone who does that, I support you. It's just not never been never been my thing. Admirable, I will say. Is it, is it really? Yes. Why do you it's say that? Less phone addicted then. I don't even think I am. As soon as I get out the shitter, I'm back on the fucking phone. But at least, at least you're able to not bring it with you. Like some be like me, for instance, <laughs> I feel like if I get up off the couch, I automatically just take my phone with me wherever I'm going. That's fair. I just put it in the, the baby he left on the bus with the phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> baby doesn't have sports scores on. <laughs> well, not yet. Yeah. Let's let Elon Musk get on the case. <laughs> Get that everything, baby. You can just get a, a ba- put the neural implants in the baby's head and the microchip in there with the sports scores on it. Hey, baby, what's the Met score? <laughs> Thank you, baby. Now, then you need the translator app from Google Gaga into like seven nothing. God damn it. You don't tell you that. It's an, it's an expansion pack. You joke, but he did name his most recent baby X as right. well. Isn't it like X with a bunch of decimal points? Yeah, it's like X, A, whatever. But he he calls, he refers to the baby as X. And that's a second baby, and there's another one with numbers, right? Yeah, there's another one with an unpronounced 69, 69, 69. I think that's the other one. 69, 429. 420 blaze it. (laughs) Doge. Ah, That's the next baby. (laughs) It'll be Doge, but it'll be Doge in like uh, the binary version of Unicode. So like you'll have to... (laughs) You'll have to translate it from binary to decimal and then get the Unicode uh, the letters, characters for it, Doge. Oh, my God. Probably will. We learned so much. Imagine the <laughs> yeah. teacher going through the roll call and be like, okay, 0110001. That kid's Present. not going to school. I know. Same. Well, what if Elon Musk goes broke from his mismanagement oh. of Twitter and all these, and then he has to send his kid to public school? That's a wow. sitcom right there. Elon Musk, in fact, invented a school for his kids to go to. He mm. did not like the private schools that he was going to. So within Tesla, there is an education they're... unit yeah. to which all of his kids and like some of the top engineers' kids go to. And it's like 16 people of all ages, mm. and they all just hang out all day. It's called it. it's called X High. Yeah. They just, just look at pictures X. of Elon Musk and listen to lectures about how he is the savior. Uh, yeah, I think that's really it. Yeah. Great. Cool, cool, cool. So uh moving on from uh Elon Musk to someone a bit more reputable, Hulk Hogan announced he's getting married. Oh no. Congratulations to the Hulkster. And uh, what's interesting, is it his daughter who's the lucky lady? <laughs> she it, could is be. A, it is a woman who looks like his daughter, of course. Yeah, it is. Let me pull up a, a photo actually. Thank you for the reminder. But I want to read this news blurb announcing uh, Hulk Hogan, who turned 70 in a few weeks, got engaged over the weekend to Sky Daily 45, a yoga instructor. So, hey, not too bad. Uh, only 25 years as a junior. That's pretty tasteful for, you know. Tells you how much money he has. (laughs) The two started dating in early 2022, shortly after Hogan divorced his second wife, Jennifer McDaniel, who he married in 2010. 
and divorced in 2021. As the story goes, Daly and a friend of hers were out in a bar and Hogan bought her a drink. Then, as Hogan was leaving, her friend came out of the bar to his car and pounded on Hogan's window and told him he should ask her friend out. Hogan had proposed to Daly at a restaurant and then at the wedding of the friend who pounded on the window, when Hogan gave the speech, he had noted he had just gotten engaged. What a dipshit asshole move to announce your engagement at somebody else's wedding. Yep. That's Hulk Hogan. And worse, he did it while on the toilet taking a shit looking at his phone. That's a <laughs> <the> big problem. <laughs> that was even worse. Looking at nudes of his daughter, no less. <laughs> He didn't even wash, and then he touched his pee-pee and jerked off. Oh, such a pig. He texted He texted from the toilet that he's getting married. That's, he didn't, <laughs> it was text-to-speech. He didn't even do the speech himself. <laughs> lazy bastard. Rob, are you sad that he's off the market again? He's not my type. She looks so scared. Yeah. That woman looks horrified. This is his daughter, Brooke. This daughter is his wife. Daughter looks older. What's that dusty road splotch on this woman's like armpit side boob area? What is going uh, on there? Is like that a, a melanoma? Looks like a lips tattoo. <laughs> look at that. Zoom in on that again. Big looks Rolling like, Stones fan. It does. Doesn't it look like that? Well, not that has the tongue out, but it looks like a <laughs> pair of lips. Looks like it's Maybe that is what it is. She should see a doctor. Well, needs anyway. to book her with a dermatologist. That's chicken parm from Hulk Hogan's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> it's a piece of cheese. <laughs> it's some loose mozzarella. <laughs> I hope she got good terms in the prenup. Oh, yeah, if she sticks her. Wait. Also, what's on Hogan's lower lip? Oh, there's a lot of melanoma going around. Yeah. What is? Oh. Do you see what I'm? Yeah. What is that little dot? Is that like a piece of corn or is that I think a herpes? Some dye that he didn't do evenly. On his stupid mustache. <laughs> Some white head that he's about to pop. With his 24 inch wonder, pythons. He probably doesn't even have to bleach his uh, mustache anymore. He probably just has all white hair, all gray hairs. Are, but that looks still looks like blonde, yeah. more so than white, I would say. And this is years ago, right? No, this is. Oh, this is. This is, I, I believe, at that wedding. Oh, okay. They made the announcement. Wait, she wore white to the, her friend's wedding? Isn't that like a faux pas? Uh, good question. I'm not sure where this is from. Then wait, I, is that the friend? I thought that was the daughter. This is the no, no, no. I, I'm saying this photo was taken at the friend's wedding. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, I don't know. I, I assume she was a bridesmaid, but you're right. Why would she be? Wearing or wait, white? is this possibly from his last marriage? Because no. what's the <laughs> caption of this? Oh. Scroll up. At, at least Hogan didn't marry his daughter this time. Oh, maybe this. Is <laughs> so maybe. Video. Let me see. This is what his this second old, wife looked like. He just this. That's why I say this is an old picture because I can't. Oh this, yeah, you're right. He <laughs> looks <laughs> not nearly old enough in that yeah. photo. Okay, okay. And also, so here, Brooke. Here's his first older. wife, Linda Hogan, uh-huh. who looks the OG. The Linda Hogan guy. looks just like Hulk Hogan to me. I think like <laughs> it's like he oh. married his sister. They rub off on each other. Yeah, oh. uh, in more ways than one. So <laughs> let me look up Sky Daily now. Oh, we've seen her before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She does not look like. It. Okay. This is what Hulk Hogan looks like nowadays. That's fair. <laughs> look at that arm. Oh. That guy in the back. Yeah, okay. Who's the dude over her shoulder? <laughs> He's oh. my favorite part. 
And Rob, also put up the, the same picture again, please, that you just had. Look at that mortadel arm that he's got here. What is that <laughs> left arm? Oh my goodness! Oof. It's uh. like set, it, like the it's like a rolled up sock that he tucked <laughs> in, and it's just falling down his arm now. Also, what is he pointing to? Her like her vagina with his I hand. Own he's this, like, brother. check this out. <laughs> I was in there three hours ago. Also, she's apparently a, a known Scientologist, uh, uh, Sky Daily. And yeah, the, we went over that. The, yes, the yeah. assumption is that she is recruiting him in, in his millions from the Peter Thiel uh, settlement with Gawker. What a get. Scientologists are psyched. We got Hulk Hogan at 70. Awesome. Peak Hulk. Here's Hogan with his first wife. <laughs> of course, naturally. What the fuck? This look <laughs> just screams Tampa. <laughs> Trying to see some more photos. We love we love our Hulk, don't we, folks? <laughs> uh, you know, there is a part of me that almost wants to go down to Hogan's beach house. You know, restaurant. His, you mean his? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's isn't it called the Hogan's beach house? Hogan's hangout is Hogan's it? hangout. You're right. Oh my goodness. Sid, you know way too much about this. It's all thanks to this goddamn podcast. <laughs> so recently, I I, le- I try not to retain any of this shit as yeah, little as possible. Did. did you read about this while on the crapper? Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, I was beaten off to pictures of Linda Hogan. <laughs> Here's the latest hot clip oh, yeah. of Hogan's hangout. He's he's holding a orange Kermit the Frog. The what? joke being Is that, that Corbin he's Baba? orange. <laughs> That's Corbin. The joke is that he's orange, so he's oh. an orange Kermit. Is that correct? Yeah, I th- that's what I assumed. <laughs> I guess the audio is really bad, but he does not true. seem to understand what ventriloquism is. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, he is just holding the mic up to his lips and talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's very entertained by it. He entertained himself, at least. That's one. Did you guys know this is a puppet? This isn't my real hand. <laughs> Did you know, brother, that I, Kermit, slammed Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3, brother? <laughs> right in front of 120,000 Muppets. I, Kermit the Frog, played in Metallica, dude. <laughs> the bassist. <laughs> they threw my shoe out of the back. <laughs> It was an expensive high top. Do you think if Hulk Hogan had been in Metallica that they might have kept Dave Mustaine the whole time? They might have kicked Hulk Hogan out to get Dave Mustaine because he would have looked better by comparison. (laughs) This guy's taking all our steroids. If Hulk Hogan Hogan was in Metallica, they would have intentionally thrown him under the bus wheel. Like you, no, he would have lifted the bus. He, he would have slammed the bus I, off the cliff. As the, as the fucking Hulk Hogan music plays, the real American. <laughs> <laughs> I am a real American. Well, it is really funny how that story is, uh, has transformed because initially he his story was that he auditioned for Metallica. He auditioned for Metallica when uh, Jason Newstead left. Oh. But then when he started getting called out on it, he was like, no, it was 1984 or 1982. Jericho. I gave them my demo tape, bro. <laughs> and Lars Ulrich's like, yeah, I've never interacted with Hulk Hogan. 
All did. thanks to all thanks to whichever staffer told Howard Stern about this, oh, about what God. a liar yeah. Hogan is. And Stern was so humored by this, so tickled by it that he never forgot. And of course, he got access to interview Lars Ulrich, and he's like, "Oh, we should ask him about Hogan." <laughs> and then he was like, "I don't know who the fuck this guy is." Well, to be fair, sorry, that's all right. Can you imagine if in the middle of that montage in some kind of monster where they're auditioning bass players? <laughs> Hulk Hogan wants it. It's like Trujillo and Jordy White and then just fucking Hulk Hogan. And also, I feel like Hogan is the most novice of bass players, so he's probably yeah. just going to be tuning. He's like, the clip is him just tuning and then doing the song in like... All he can do is smoke on the water. I was just going to say the exact same joke. (laughs) Every song is going to be smoke on the water. Wow. I would would actively kill to hear him, like, do the intro to For Whom the Bell Tolls, just to hear, like, (laughs) what that sounds like. (laughs) Do you think he at least knows how to play Voodoo Child? Or wait, is it Purple Haze or Voodoo Child that he came out with? Voodoo Child. Oh, yeah. Do you think he at least knows that since he had to hear it so many fucking times? I think he was in a cover band, I believe, was his gig before wrestling hit. So maybe. But I I just don't see him being a good bass player. One of my most remembered memories from that era of wrestling was when Hulk Hogan came out to Voodoo Child and uh, Mike Tenay is on the commentary. And Mike Tenay is reading off a card of some facts about Hulk Hogan and coming out to the ring to this song. And he goes, Hulk Hogan coming out to the song Voodoo Chili. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. no No one told him. (laughs) <laughs> how, how he a classic song about scary <laughs> i could still hear him saying it in my head fucking amazing well, let's let's talk about our our spotify picks folks sure every week we like to pick a song we each pick a song we throw it on our playlist which we call the r.i.p alive cast music break let me talking to the mic here and uh, you can search for it on Spotify. We have 543 songs, over 36 hours of ear entertainment. And uh, my pick this week is from a little band called Thrice. Uh, I'm picking a song. Uh, the reason I pick Thrice is because in the Discord this week, which, by the way, you should join our Discord. If you're a regular listener of the livecast, go to ripalivecast.com and join our Discord. It is our group chat. We're all in there. We're all active. It's a fun time. But I posted that it was the 20-year anniversary of the artist and the ambulance. And I thought that that was my favorite Thrice record. But then Sid informed me it was, in fact, the record before that. And he was correct. It was The Illusion of Safety is the record. And Sid got me into this record when I was knee-deep in my new metal phase. This was when we were at the radio station together, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, in college. And uh, this was the first, I will say, Screamo-like album that I enjoyed because I really didn't like the uh, vocals of most of the kind of whinier stuff. But I thought uh, the singer here is very good. And I listened back to The Illusion of Safety. And uh, I'm blown away. This was released in 2002. Like, this is, other than the vocals, like a metalcore album. Like there's very it, this could very much be a kill switch engage album uh, if there were more growls or like you know more aggro vocals. It's just the difference is the vocals, and so they're not more like, melodic than kill switch. 
Oh, they they are. I well, Killswitch is pretty melodic themselves. Uh, but there was all there's just a lot of heaviness in here. There's like gallops oh, yeah. and breakdowns and really good. It's a very very good album. It absolutely holds up. Uh, unfortunately, Sin informed me that they're Christian. The way I learned that was uh, Fat Mike from No FX. I guess they were on um, Warp Tour together. Or I saw no effects after they had been on Warp Tour with Thrice. And he just, his banter was just making fun of Thrice and how they believe in God. They're like, can you believe this band actually thinks Noah's Ark actually happened? And it was just Good. like the entire it, wait, banter for like half an of the set. It wasn't Under Oath that he was mocking? No, it was definitely Thrice. It might have been that, both, but it was definitely well, Thrice. It's, it's definitely both because he famously... Shamed under oath. Uh, that was a, when uh, there was that fuse series about Warp to remember. Like he crashed one of their uh-huh. prayer meetings. <laughs> such a dick. such a dick. It's great. But hey, I'm I'm very against religion, so it's hard it's hard yeah. for me to to feel sympathy. So yeah, that definitely point. took them down a peg in my eyes. But they still put out some great albums, and I don't like the lyrics aren't Jesusy. So at least no. they're not. Yeah, or at least not overtly so. Yeah, they're not MXPX. So I enjoyed that. That was my pick. Uh, Axel, what did you pick? I don't know. What did I pick? You picked Rita Pavone. Oh, yeah. So this is an Italian pop Pavone. song. Pavone. This is an Italian pop song from the 1960s that I really like. Oh. And uh, I think it's incredibly catchy. It's the kind of thing where if you hear it once, you're going to want to kill yourself. It's going to be stuck in your head. And, uh, yeah, I love it. Sort of like the Spectrum One song. Yeah, yeah exactly. sure. <laughs> Which like I the- feel like I... I coming into last week before we talked about it, I felt like I heard that song at least twice a day. And since we've talked about it, I feel like I hear it at least 10 times a day. What's worse, that one or the Cars for Kids song? I think the Spectrum One song is worse because it's aspiring to be better and sure. failing worse. Sure. The Cars for Kids song is an effective jingle at what it is, and it's not trying to be anything more than that. That's this, fair. Is, yeah. this one is like spectacularly bad. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so that's my choice is the Cars for Kids song <laughs> by Rita Pavone. By Rita Pavone. <laughs> Sid, what's your pick? Uh, I picked a song by the band The Beaches, which I had never heard of, but my boss is Canadian, and oftentimes he listens to Canadian radio. And up in Canada, they're forced to play a certain amount of Canadian music, and this is a. Uh, like a female all girl uh pop rock band that's going on in Canada right now. And it's very catchy, it's very good. I liked it. So The Beaches. Darren? Uh we went from a Christian talking about Christian music to a uh, a song from an album that's titled Six Six Six. Oh. But it's not like death metal. The band is called Aphrodite's Child. You probably might have heard of them. They're like uh from the it's late sixties. Hold early on, it's 70s. not Aphrodite's Chili. <laughs> no, like no, today, just making sure. Just Sorry. making sure. And they oh, it's spelled child, so he would he wouldn't have mixed yeah. that up. The D isn't uh, silent. No, <laughs> it's hard D. Uh, so they're a Greek <laughs> band. They're very proggy and uh, also like kind of psychedelic and uh, very much uh, like seventies sounding, like stuck in that in that time period, like ninety two three K rock, classic rock era when you want to listen to something like that and just pull it put it on and like kind of groove out to it and feel like you're high in 1972 or something uh and i don't know if i mentioned that they're greek and i usually don't like to play the number one spotify track but i did in this case 
because they're just so fucking good. And it's called The Four Horsemen. And it's not oh. it's not the same song that Dave, Dave Mustaine wrote and got ripped off by Metallica. What about Ric Flair? Uh, woo! No, I don't think it had. I think this even predates Ric Flair's oh, wow. career. I think the song came out, I believe, in 1960. No, 1971. So he was probably wrestling at some point, but. He, he was the falling four, out of a plane. Right, the four horsemen were not around yet yeah. Yeah. as a group. So. Nice. So those are our Spotify picks. You can check those out. And, of course, I want to mention our Patreon. Oh, what is RIP, Sam? Yeah, RIP this week is for uh, Sinead O'Connor, who passed away. Oh, yeah. Very sad. Yeah. So just a legit RIP for Sinead O'Connor. Uh, yeah, very wild to look back at that footage from SNL uh, with today's context especially i don't know if you guys saw the clip of joe pesci hosting the following mm-hmm. week talking about how he wanted to grab her by her eyebrows and kick her ass Oof. it's fucking fucked up i remember watching it at the time and being like dude yikes he's talking about a lady who could have known that joe pesci was a violent animal well also doesn't believe in giving women oral sex who could have known that too yeah just a class uh, actor. Not the guy who played Tommy DeVito. <laughs> so our Patreon is popping off, folks. You can join for five bucks a month. You get epi- uh, access to three years worth of bonus episodes. We do two a month. So that's like almost 50, over 50 uh, bonus pieces of content in your feed whenever you want to watch on demand or listen. Plus, you get access to a weekly uh, television column that Sid likes to write, recommending uh, different things to watch. And uh, I, I see here that uh, How To With John Wilson is premiering. Uh, last week. night. Oh, last night. Oh, that's so exciting. Fantastic. Brighton Beach is featured, Rob. You're oh. home. Have you seen that show, uh, Matt? Uh, How To oh, With John I've Wilson? I've never even heard of it. Oh, what? You have to oh, check it out. Dude. It's on uh, okay. HBO. It's a documentary narration. It's like this guy. Uh, you know, each it's like a video essay, a half hour video essay. Okay. And with just the most amazingly sourced B-roll from New York. Like, it's unreal how good okay. the editing is. And it's all just this one guy. And then it just goes on crazy tangents. He interviews people. It's there's nothing else like it. Okay. Yeah, like, it's, it's almost indescribable. Awesome. Uh, highly recommended. So, yeah, you get recommendations like that from Sid. Plus our bonus episodes, our most recent bonus episode. We did a watch along of the new Rob Schneider stand-up comedy special. Jesus. <laughs> Woke up in America. It is as bad as you think. And uh, we roast the hell out of it. <laughs> there are no punchlines. There are maybe few. No, okay, that's not true. There's maybe like one or two. But uh, it's brutal. We love it. And then the other uh, episode we posted this month is a listen-along to St. Anger celebrating its 20th anniversary and we wanted to hear if it was as bad as we remembered. It was, but we did find a few redeeming moments, which I was surprised by. Um, yeah. Were there any moments? Well, Sid I- didn't. Let's be fair. Oh, that's Sid, Sid was ultimately very negative on it. I was negative, but I definitely do love isolated things about that album. Is there anything positive you could say about St. Anger, Matt? Uh, so I did a 10-year retrospective of mm-hmm. this is how fucking long we've been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I said something very similar. Like, there's good bits and pieces here, but on the whole, it's pretty crappy. But it's a f- 
you know, like every artist wants to create something that people will talk about forever. Mm. And people are certainly still talking about yeah, that record. Right. So in that sense, I guess it's a success. I don't know. Yeah, and some of the songs that they've played live, they've edited them. Like we went and listened to some of that, like where they've taken out some of the more I mean, making the parts. songs half as long would be a start. That yeah. that was our main criticism. It was like, oh, there's parts of a good song here, but they ruin it by just droning on. And if anything, they've gotten more self-indulgent as time has passed on as opposed to less. Mm. So well, that last album they put out is like the length of the songs are the length of Saint Anger. They're not; it's produced much better, and they're not mm -hmm. quite as cringy. But it, it's very repetitive. That album, the one that just came out, yeah, very very repetitive riffing in that yeah. in that album. They were always pretty repetitive. It's just um, I don't know, like the stuff on and Justice for All is fucking awesome. And so, like, if you smoke some weed, you can listen to that shit for eight minutes. <laughs> I thought, I thought that they had a better ear for when to like, like, loop into the next riff. You know yeah, maybe. Mean? But eh, it could be nostalgia too. I feel like they think there's an expectation that they're going to write long songs. That's that's a very good point. Yeah. And so that's what they do, whether they've got the song or not. You know. <laughs> Yeah, and that wasn't, you know, I think it's a misreading of the fan base. Like, they, we didn't like the songs because they were long. They right. were just fucking great songs that happened to be long. Right. Yeah, I agree. I okay. mean, like, what's the longest song on the Black Album? Six minutes? Like, uh, the uh, um, is it My Friend of Misery, maybe? Like, yeah. yeah, six or seven minutes. Okay, so, like, look what that did for you, fellas. Let's, yeah. keep, let's keep it short. Move it along. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Christopher Nolan. Let's go. Here. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. Uh, and also, I want to mention if you are quite a supporter and want to throw us a few extra bones, 10 bucks makes you a top live cast fan of the week, which uh, gets you all the uh, perks of the five bucks a month uh, thing, plus a shout out at the end of the show, which is right now. I have an uh, idea. What's the idea? You are. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly <laughs> starring in Oppenheimer as President Truman as President Truman reading a list of uh, scientists you need to recruit mm. for the uh, Manhattan Project mm. <laughs> yo yo it's Harry Truman here <laughs> we got a we got a bomb we need to make and who is gonna make it <laughs> ew, ew, ew. We got my boy Eric. Do you think he's gonna make it? Nah. Aww. Benjamin? Nah. <laughs> Dan R. What does the R stand for? You can't say that anymore. It's not nice. Sam, I am. What are you? You're not a bomb maker. Get out of here. Yo, yo. Mindy May is Kipper. MGK don't know what a Kipper is. <laughs> I'm MGK. That stands for Machine Gun Kelly. Meshuganagoy Kelly. This is where Megan Fox comes in and sits on his lap uh, very felinely. I got my girl Megan Fox on my lap sitting very felinely as I read out Shasur Susits. Shasur, I don't got time for you. I got Megan Fox on my lap. Hugo likes tacos. Well, MGK likes Megan Fox on his lap. You out. Lando Danks, that sounds like weed. Maybe we are, we got a contender here. I'm MGK. LaCroix. 
Corey and Scotty H. Now we need one person, not two. <laughs> Doug Pigman. Uh, I've been eating kosher lately, so I cannot have you, Doug Pigman. And Douglas, who are you, Levison? I don't know who you are. That's what I'm asking. That's why we got this list. I'm Oppenheimer. I'm MGK. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will say the best impressions are always the one the ones where the person spends half the time reiterating who they are doing an impression of. <laughs> hey <laughs> The last name. Hey guys, it's Josh. Hey guys, it's MGK. I'm Harry Truman in the movie up and I'm <laughs> I gotta be fair to Rob. I do think there's a strong possibility that if MGK was in this film, he would forget which character. He would keep saying I'm MGK. He would just shout out in the middle of the scene, "I'm Harry." Hey yo, hey yo, I'm Oppenheimer. No, no you suck. Cut. <laughs> you did it again. The movie is Oppenheimer. You are Harry Truman. No, oh, I'm I, MGK. I, I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> It's like who's on first? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he points at Killian Murphy. He's like, so who the fuck is that guy? He, he just he points at the clapper, the time check <laughs> clapper, and he goes, "Look, it's it says Oppenheimer right there." <laughs> no, but that's so. Our, wait, the clapper's what? name is Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do it in post. Just say whatever. <laughs> I really respect Christopher Nolan, but I think that was a poor choice, MGK. <laughs> He's stubborn. He just he makes a decision and he rides it no matter what. I mean, it, was, it was better than casting. Uh, uh, well, I fucked up the joke because I can't remember the name of the guy I was going to mention. Never mind. Edited in post. Exactly. Post Malone. I was going <laughs> to say. It's better than casting Post Malone as Kitty Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer's wife. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> If I had uh, access to auto tune, I'd be, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm in, I'm <laughs> anyway, that's our show, folks. Hey, Thank I'm you kidding. for tuning in. My husband destroyed the whole city. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get out of here. Go see Oppenheimer. Go see Barbie. Don't go see MGK. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>